What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com, and I'm joined by... Ben and Ben Bullen. I'm a video writer here at HowStuffWorks.com. And uh, if you've listened to this show before, Scott and I usually hang out and talk about things that go fast or are vehicular. vehicular excuse me. Vehicular. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Vehicular. Yeah. Something like that. They don't Something have to like be necessarily that. fast. Mm. Things that move. Things that have engines. Sure. Things that are electric. Things that fly. Things that fly. Yeah. yeah. Things but that let's, go below the water. Let's not bring up the things that fly. That's That's <laughs> no, been right. an issue. But you Source know what? Uh, we love listener mail, and we occasionally end segments with listener mail, but today mm-hmm. I think we're going to do something a little different. We're going to mix it up. We're going to mix it up. Yeah, a little bit. Um, we have a request from a listener. His name is Sam. And Sam wrote in, and, and you know what? Interesting thing about Sam, he What's invited that? us to a concert. He invited uh, yeah, all of the Sam. How Stuff Works podcasters mm-hmm. to a concert. Now, the pro- I, I didn't attend, and the reason was I, I received this email on the day I returned from vacation. Yeah. Um, it was that evening, and he says that he, he always has a, uh, a How Stuff Works podcast on his iPhone when he's traveling around the world or traveling with his band, and he happened to be coming through Atlanta, and he said, we've given him our, not just us, but all of the How Stuff Works podcasts, uh-huh. have given him hours and hours of entertainment while he's on the road, so he wanted to entertain us for one evening and offered to let us come and listen to his band for an evening. Sam, that is so awesome. I Thank appreciate you. Appreciate it. Um, should I mention the band? Yes, let's mention right, Sam's the, band. His band is Loxley. Loxley. L O C K S L E Y. Loxley. And I uh, said that he's constantly traveling around the world. Sure. Um, but, anyways, he's, he's happy to try to entertain us, is what he said for one evening. And I uh, wish I could have gone. But, anyways, he did have uh, several requests um, for all of the podcasts, actually. And one of them that he wanted us to talk about at High Speed Stuff was uh-huh. uh, the New York City subway system. Ooh. It's the most complex sub- subway system in the world, is what he said. Huh. And he wanted to know if that's true or not. Um, that's so a good question, Sam. We're, we're going to talk about subways today. 
Let's, you know what? Yes, that is a great idea. Uh, thanks, Sam, for writing in. And uh, we talked about this before we went on the air. Mm-hmm. think it's exciting, um, especially because I guess we can go ahead and announce it. I uh, have made the shift and I ride on MARTA, the local uh, public transportation system here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a game changer sometimes, but it's a lot of fun and it gives me more time to read. So I will admit from the offset, my bias is pro-public transportation now. Hmm. And uh, I don't know, Scott, where should we start with subways? Do you want to start at the beginning? I, I will. I love subway. I um I I like meatball with um, I like the cheese and I get the lettuce. Oh I usually God. get it toasted. I mm-hmm. I know I never get tired of that gag. Anyways, I, I, I did. yeah I know. Is that Sorry. in your reference? That's that's all I got. I don't have any more subway jokes at all. That was it. I'm, oh come on. No, I've spent it early and I'm done. No, no, I'd, surprise me later I, on. Uh, no, no, I'm done. That's it. There's really only one. Really? Yeah. That's okay. It. Well, I, I I don't believe you. I'll try. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe there's an underground joke in here somewhere. Um, anyways, let's let's start at the very beginning. Subways, seriously. Honestly, okay. No. All right. Here we go. Uh, world's oldest subway. You want to know what that is? Can I guess? Take a shot. Okay. Is it London? It is London. It is. Yeah. You you guess quite well. Thank you. Yeah, you do that often. You surprise me. That was part of my audition. But was you know guessing. how far back it goes. It goes way back. It goes back, and I'm, I'm you know what? I'm just going to tell you because you'll probably guess right. Okay. 1863. 1863. Yeah. Yep. Now, this is it, underground. Underground. This is the London Underground, the, the tube. They call it the tube. Mm-hmm. Uh, the London Underground opened in 1863, in January of 1863. Mm-hmm. Um, God, imagine what an undertaking that would have been at the time yeah. to build roads underground. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not roads, but for trains. Yeah, it's basically an underground train track. It is an underground train track, really. Yeah. Um, and... In Paris, they followed not long after that. In 1900, they opened their underground system. Um, okay. I think they call that one the Metro, I think, mm-hmm. I, I believe. Um, and in New York, which a lot of people, I guess, falsely believe is the oldest system, or maybe it's the oldest one in the United States, I believe. Probably the U.S. I, I bet. Um, 1904. 1904. Yeah, so not long after that. Not hmm. long after that. 1904. Um, so they've been around a long, long time. And, uh, of course, I mean... There's a lot of updates happening. You know, the, sure. the stations are getting more and more advanced. The uh, the fares are going up. <laughs> Inevitably, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and you know what? The the tunnels are just expanding. They're expanding mm-hmm. everywhere, and the way they the way they build the tunnels is different now. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it, it's it's a pretty neat system, really. And for Sam's question, one one thing that's very interesting about this question is the definition of complex. When we're comparing wildly different subway systems, what is the rubric, although I detest the word, mm-hmm. that we use to case test to determine the most complex. Because as you said, it's not just uh, it's not just the oldest, right? No. Although London is quite complicated. Yeah. It, it's also the ease of use. Mm-hmm. It's also the pricing structure, which we can talk about later. And then it's uh, also, wait, you know what? I think that's good enough. I don't want to muddy the waters anymore. But that <laughs> yeah, itself is pretty well, complex. Well, we've been you and I have been looking at maps. Yes, we've been looking at maps of subway systems, and this started out. I, I looked at um, Chicago's L system, okay. and that's really not a subway. That's a, this is above ground train, elevated train. That's what they call it, the L. Um, but it's not a terribly complex system. It's it's laid out. Um, 
more linear fashion, I guess. It's not really, uh, it's not intertwined along mm-hmm. itself that much. Um, but it does stretch great distances north-south and, you know, well, I guess to the west. It doesn't really go to the east because there's the, uh, you know, right. the, the big lake. Yes. Um, so anyways, it, there, there, is a, there is a loop, a small loop in the downtown area, but it doesn't really connect, um, you know, the outer line areas. And that's kind of one of the, the keys to an effective subway system, I believe, is, the, is this, uh, this loop that, that connects everything, all these lines together. So oh, it makes yes. it easier to get from line to line. You don't, have to, you don't have to travel to a central core and then jump you know, onto another track and then head back the same direction that you came from to get to where you're going. So you don't have to pull that uh, essentially a U-turn yeah, or yeah, go down right. in a V. Make a big, yeah, like a big mm-hmm. V shape. You don't want to yeah. have to do that because you're going a long distance to travel just a, sh- a, a short way, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have cut across town and made it the same distance or same place, mm-hmm. shorter distance. Um, so a lot of systems are, are good at that. Others are not so good at that. And we've been looking at maps. You had some pretty interesting maps that showed uh, with no real detail, but it showed the sure. outline of the entire system. And, and I thought those were really interesting. So where do you find those and what, uh, you know, maybe oh, yeah. mention what they kind of showed us because that was kind of cool. Yeah, if you, it, it's pretty easy for uh, an internet searcher to find uh comparisons of maps across the world for urban areas and one thing that is very surprising is how little standardization there is you know uh, for instance with other public goods you can usually count on a couple of standard things for instance uh, water supplies all have usually some form of a water processing plant at some interval, right, determined mm-hmm. by science. However, in the evolution of subway systems, they're determined by history. So you'll have very, very strange designs. Um, you know, these, these maps, again, are a really a testament to the evolution of a city because take, for instance, uh, well, let's take Beijing, Scott. Beijing, okay. we've got uh, one central line, and then if you were just to look at this map, and you'll recall this one, it has one large loop. Yes. And and it's funny because we're talking about how much easier it is to get around a city when there is a loop connecting these uh, other lines that kind of perpendicularly cross each mm-hmm, other. Mm-hmm. But what do you do when it's just the loop? If it's just a loop, I guess the problem is you've got stops along the loop, sure, and you yeah. can get out and, and go above ground. Mm-hmm. However, you can't catch other trains to to go to different locations. Sure, so, and maybe maybe in that case, it, it depends on what's above that. I suppose mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe it does have stops at key points that that people would be trying to achieve, anyways. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as getting on another line, that makes it very difficult because if you want to get to one, if you happen to find yourself on the opposite end of the loop, you've got a long ride ahead of you. You sure do. Um, Bring a that's, book, and that's yeah, it's ineffective, I guess. Um, at least in my mind, anyways. But yeah. I'm, I'm looking at a couple other maps here. If you want to hear about yes, a couple. It on me. I've got three here in particular, and I've got color maps because um, it doesn't do anybody at home listening any good, but um, I have color maps here. Think and and orange, are, blue, and green, guys. <laughs> orange, blue, green, gray, red. What, you know, there's a lot of different colors here. Complicated lines. These mm. are very complicated, and um, I'd have to say that, you know, I've looked at the New York system on a color map as well. Yes. I, I gotta say, I don't think that New York is the most complicated system in the world. I really don't. I think there were about... Uh, based on the line maps that we saw mm-hmm. from uh, your research, there were probably about seven or eight that were really, oh yeah, really twisted. They look like a, spaghetti piles. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say a bowl of spaghetti. You're right. And um, the others are laid out in a more, um, uh, I guess a um, 
a, a linear system, not a linear, a uh, centrally a, planned, a measured Central system, a, a more measured system, okay. you know, like maybe mile by mile, very squared mm-hmm. off. It's very centralized um, with this big core, core circle that we talked about. Um, let's let's just jump into this because there's the Tokyo system, which I'm looking at right now. Is that what and, that is? Yeah, Tokyo, Tokyo Man. subway, and. The deal with the Tokyo lines are that they come in from outline areas mm-hmm. and they loop they loop around the city and then they go right back out again, a different direction. And they all cross each other at some point. However, there's no core, there's no core circle that connects all of these lines together. And oh, okay. uh, so you've got to get from train to train, you know, to jump from line to line. And in the middle here, you can't even tell what colors I'm looking at here in the middle because it's so jumbled. Mm-hmm. It's it's got to be pretty complex to get around if you're trying to get from one to the next. And that's, I'm sure someone would say, no, it's the simplest system in the world, but that's somebody who uses it every day. Someone accustomed to exactly. it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. If you're if you new to this and looking at this map, this would be very difficult to get around. Mm-hmm. Mexico City is very similar. Um, not quite as um, as as dense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little more spread out, at least the map, maybe the scale that I'm looking at, I'm not sure. Sure. But um, similar idea that, you know, the lines go through the city. They pass straight through, but there's no core connecting all of them. Now, in contrast to those two, looking at the uh, the Moscow public transit map, uh. Moscow, the, I, I'll tell you, this system is well laid out. Yeah, uh, it looks to me like it is. Um, it has a series of lines that go through. Th- there's a big oval in the middle. And I that's see the that, line yeah. that connects all of them. Okay, the lines pass right through uh, through through that oval. Mm-hmm. At some, you know, they they connect at least two points. Um, as well as intersecting with the, the other lines themselves, so you can you can do it whatever way you'd like. But um, if you look at the map of the Moscow public transit system, you'll see how well laid out that system is. It's really uh, it's really well thought out, and I guess that probably has something to do with you know that it's it's being done after the fact. It's mm-hmm. done. It wasn't one of these early systems where the city was built then. Oh after, yeah, I, right. I'm not exactly sure how that would that all timed out or whatever, mm-hmm. but I think this is a relatively new system. And you know, an interesting question, Scott. When we talk about how new it is, mm-hmm. one thing that springs to mind, uh, it would be worth the research. I haven't found it out yet, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I'm just speculating here. Was this system built during the Soviet era? Which, I, you know, the masters of central planning there. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? Absolutely. I have no idea, but I would assume that it probably planning for that probably began at that point because mm-hmm. they knew um, there are other systems around the world that mm-hmm. were, you know, here's here's what works, here's what doesn't work. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's definitely planned well. I mean, take a look at the map; it's it's really clear. Oh man, I have a great I have a great Moscow subway system oh, story for you. Fantastic! Really, I, I wanted to tell you about this before, Good. but I also <laughs> wanted to wait till we're on air. Right. You're not going to believe me, dude. But okay, so riddle me this, Scott: How easy is the Moscow subway system? It it appears very easy. I've never ridden the Moscow system, mm-hmm. but it appears easy. Neither have I, but it's so easy that a dog can learn to do it. There are stray <laughs> dogs who live, you know, Moscow's uh, in, famous for roving packs of dogs. I don't know that. Well, not quite notorious, you know, because it's not thousands in one pack, but there are quite a few. And uh, several of these dogs have learned that if they hop on the train and ride into Moscow proper, the the pickings you know from dumpsters and stuff are easier and then they can ride back later to their outlying home or to their their favorite haunt so apparently dogs have learned through observing human beings to hop on the train in the morning 
and then ride it home at night. Really? Hand this is a uh, this is a uh, a pattern that they've witnessed. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's happened again and again. So it's pretty wow. uh, pretty accessible. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Where are they where are they keep their tokens? You know, I don't know. Yeah. I when I was when I was checking this out, uh, it didn't really mention tokens. <laughs> yeah. But so dogs ride free in Moscow is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Right? Something for the burgeoning dog tourist uh, to sure, keep in yeah, mind. That's right. <laughs> yeah, at least wild dogs, right? So I, I just want to... I, I, that's interesting. I had no idea that uh, Moscow was known for roving packs of wild, rabid Did not dogs. say rabid. Oh, don't give them yeah. bad rap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, not rabid. Don't want to get in trouble with Muscovite listeners. Interesting. But, that's really interesting, though. But, so going back to, uh, going back to Sam's question, mm-hmm. we do know that Moscow is right out. New York is probably more complex than Moscow. You're probably right. And I guess the complexity is just the confusion maybe at some Mm -hmm. point. But but people that use it every day won't find it confusing. They'll find that it's easy because they know where they're going, what they're doing. But a tourist like myself, if I were to to travel there, I'd probably have difficulty getting around at least the first few times. And I'm sure everybody does. Yeah, It's just not a – you don't just naturally pick up on this quickly. There's a learning curve. Yeah, there is. Yeah, Yeah. so um, complexity is kind of – you know, it's relative, I guess. Complexity like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> That's right. That's our fortune cookie moment. <laughs> That's right. So anyways, I, hey, you know what? One other thing I wanted to, to have you mention is that we were talking about the New York subway system earlier. Yes. You mentioned that there are pumps that are in continuous operation in the, in the New York subway system. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. What, Great point, Scott. What, what, is, what is that all about? I, I mean, you gave me a hint of it, but I don't mm. know all about it. Okay, well, let's go into, and I'm glad you reminded me because I feel, and I don't know if you're on the same page with me, I feel this may be a point in favor of Sam's question. Uh, when we talk about complexity, we should also talk about uh, the difficulties involved in maintaining a subway system, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for instance, Mexico City it has an outline that seems relatively simple, but, you know, Mexico City is sinking every year. So the, the cost of maintenance is probably higher than we would suppose. And New York City famously has a lot of swampland when it was built. And New York City, as a consequence, uh, any of their subterranean structures, a lot of them re- rely on water pumps continuously running to keep the area from flooding. So... For instance, if there was a situation where power was cut and there was no electricity, nothing to run the pumps there, uh, in a relatively short amount of time, these tunnels could flood. And so... You're saying the tunnels would fill up with water, the the subway tunnels, these giant tunnels? Yeah. Really? How do you do you have? I mean, do I'm I have put a time you on the frame? spot. Do you, do you know how long that would take? Because uh, I'm sure they've experienced power failures, but I know they've got right. backup. Right, they have to have backup yes. or something like that, right? Yeah, multiple backups. You know, redundancies. Sure, I, but I don't. I you know, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure, but okay. I, I think that it would be relatively soon. I think I'm gonna say, and surely a listener will correct me. I'm gonna say if it was out without power, definitely less than a year. Really, I, I would. Be, I would think. Wow. Yeah. Wow, full of water. That would be something. I mean, can you imagine the cleanup of something like that? Because I think yeah. I read that maybe Paris had a flood. I, you know, mm. I'm going to have to check. It was either Paris or London line had a flood, you know, unexpected yeah. floodwaters. Not not from below, like we're talking mm. about in New York, uh, where the water bubbles to the surface or, or pours mm. in from the walls. Uh, this was a flood, I think, from above. Um, you know, high waters, and, and it poured into the tunnels. And um, it's got to be a huge mess to clean up. Pump that water out, and then... Yeah. And then the repair to the line afterwards has got to be 
unbelievable. So that adds a point to the complexity factor here. And then also there's what you said, um, you know, New York is famously one of the few American cities in which the average person probably doesn't own a car if they live in the in the city proper. But you were telling me that despite all the money they make off of this system, how, how much of the fare does the covers the system? It, or? It, you know what? All the fare, you know, you know how crowded New York subways right. are. I mean, it's just sure. Just seeing them on on media, um, or, or experiencing them, um, the, the fares apparently only pay for about half of the money required to operate the system. Um, so you, you see all these people, and they're paying you know whatever they pay right. to, to ride the subway systems. It really only pays for about half of the the, uh, the system to operate. It, it requires that much more. It's a very uh, very expensive system to operate, and so they're, but they're just not financially sufficient mm-hmm. uh, to support themselves. And I don't know if any of the lines in the world are, I, I just don't know that. I, I would think right. that the cost would have to be really high yeah. per rider, and that would kind of uh, maybe negate the, you mm. know, the people wanting to use that for um, you know, a cheap alternative to sure. to a car, or truck, or, or motorcycle, or whatever, because that's what it is right now. It's, it's public transportation that's a, it's a, it's a cheaper alternative in relation to you know, the upkeep of a vehicle, mm. the parking costs, the uh, you know, insurance, and, mm-hmm. and the payments, et cetera, uh, maintenance. Um, it's it's cheaper way to travel. It's also you know, let's, I guess more uh, well, it's more efficient. I suppose if you want to say that you know more people can ride each train rather than you know mm-hmm. um, in one vehicle. Um, there's arguments both ways on that one. Definitely. By the way, uh, you know if there are empty trains running, it's not quite as efficient as running you know a right, Honda right. Civic across town. Let's You're say reading my or, mind or a motorcycle or sure. or, oh, geez, you know people used to walk too so. That's pretty efficient. But, That's a um, myth. Yeah, but getting you know all the way across, uh, let's say Manhattan, difficult. Yeah. So um, you know it makes sense in some cases. It really does. Let me give you uh, my hazard guess here, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, if I'm if I'm also wrong about the flooding in New York, then this will be I'll be zero for two with this. <laughs> but my guess, honestly, Scott, my guess would be that it's between London and Tokyo for the world's most complex subway system, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Here's why. Just look at the map. I've got some, I've got some stats to back this up. Uh, oh. First, well, I've got one stat. But okay, uh, okay. for for <laughs> London, for, me, I, I zero. For London, um, not only, and I'm not saying this just because the tube is the oldest, but because of the various changes and extremes of history while they were making up subway planning as they went along, being mm-hmm. the pioneers. Uh, this system is tremendously uh it, it it's labyrinthine mm-hmm. it really is yeah and it, it's like a maze and there's a pricing structure that changes you know in here in atlanta you know you pay a flat rate and then you can ride yeah to wherever however in london it really depends on what area of the city uh, this the the rider is traveling in, mm-hmm. and then in Tokyo, here's this statistic: it's easy to forget that what around a quarter of Japan's population is in that one urban area. Wow, maybe maybe slightly more, but definitely around 25 percent. And so, as a result, Tokyo has sort of been forced into a corner with this public transportation. There's really no other alternative. They have to get as many people as possible on those trains to as many places as possible just to avoid. I mean, can you imagine 
there are words that would describe what would happen if everybody in Tokyo had a car, but none of them are fit to say on our podcast. Oh, yeah. It'd be terrible. Yeah. Now, is Tokyo the city where I've seen video of uh, kind of, it's almost like guards that are pushing people in yes. to get them to cram them into the car that so that the Tokyo. doors can shut? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. We've In fact, we've used that on one of our commercials, haven't we, on our HowStuffWorks.com I think we have, commercials. yeah. yeah. I, I just unintended plug there, but I, I meant that, <laughs> like, I, I've seen that where, you know, the people are cramming in and they're so tight in these in these mm-hmm. uh, in these subway cars that they are there are people outside the doors that aren't intended to go into the car. They're just guards that stand nearby mm-hmm. that force people into the car, that cram them in like sardines, just as hard right. as they can, so that yep. the door will close behind them. And I guess when the door opens at the next stop, they kind of spill out onto the onto the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the platform there. I guess right. Yeah. Uh, it's it's unbelievable to me. I mean, I, now I wonder how much of the getting back to London. Yes. I wonder how much of that has to do with, um, and you mentioned this, and this is probably the last point I have to make here. That we'll, okay. we'll get on after this, but um, I wonder how much the London system being being complex has to do with the fact that it was, you know, developed in what eighteen sixty three. We said right. The city had to have been different at that time, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's grown, so they're they're in a position where they're adding on to an existing system. They're not they're not able to start fresh, and build, uh, build yep. a brand new system and plan it the way that they they would probably today. Mm-hmm. They're they're not catch up, but they're just they're, they're trying to keep up with yes. uh, what's happening in the city and the, the outreaching areas. It's got to be difficult to uh, to do that in a logical way at this point. Yeah, you're um, shooting from the hip. You're on the y- you're yeah. on the fly, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> I mean, I'm hip like that. Yeah. yeah well, so I guess how how are we going to sum this up for well, Sam? As far as complex, looking at the maps, I got to say, my votes for Tokyo. Your votes for Tokyo. My vote is for Tokyo. Yeah, just the the way it appears on the map. Mm-hmm. You said it's a toss up. Right? I'm, you know, yeah, I'm on the fence still, um, but. There is one way for us to resolve this. Now, Sam, don't get us wrong. Scott and I are on the same page. Uh, we think that New York is definitely in the top seven. I'd say top five, honestly. Yeah. And, and uh, just because of the, the mass ridership, the cost of upkeep, and the learning curve involved for people starting on it afresh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got one way for us to resolve it. All right. All right. So if our listeners have any experience with uh, London or the Tokyo subway, uh, you guys, thanks so much for giving us a listen. Please write in, uh, tell Scott and I what you think. And as always, our email address is highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. 
Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. Right, let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> you can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Oh, oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 